At Guitar by Masters, we understand the importance of correct practice. That's why we use our patented interactive platform, PracticePal, to give you a unique opportunity to improve your guitar playing. Are you starting to learn the guitar, trying to improve your skills or interested in learning new pieces? Guitar by Masters lets you do all that with some of the greatest guitarists, teachers and composers of our time. Access an expanding library of tutorials for different guitar styles and levels, which come with interactive scores, detailed views of both hands, tips and comments from teachers available in multiple languages, virtual call and response settings and other useful features to make your practice sessions more efficient and enjoyable. Learning from the masters has never been easier. Start your free trial today at guitarbymasters.com. Welcome to Guitar by Masters podcast. I'm your host, Carmen Stindler, and in this podcast, we'll be delving into numerous guitar topics, as well as having conversations with some very prominent classical guitarists. My guest today is Stephanie Jones from Perth, Australia, an award-winning artist who's been living in Germany for the past seven years, playing concerts extensively, recording CDs, and collaborating with musicians from all over the globe. I actually met Stephanie right here in Weimar, Germany, where the conversation is taking place, in 2015, I believe, when both of us were master students at the Franz Liszt University of Music. We also founded the Weimar Guitar Quartet back then and have been playing together ever since, so please excuse us if this conversation is a bit informal at times, it's just the dynamic we have. Welcome, Steph, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. <laughs> so let's start at the very beginning. Even though you don't come from a musical family, your interest in music came at a very early age. You played the saxophone and the violin before starting with classical guitar. What made you switch and decide to become a professional classical guitarist? And what are the things you learned playing other instruments that maybe still help you today in your approach to music? Yeah, so... Um... I was very fortunate that my mom really knew the importance and value of learning an instrument, uh, especially at a very young age. So I started off with the piano, um, it was, which is a really good instrument to get a foundation of. And then um, the next instrument I played was the violin. And, you know, the choices I made on what instrument I wanted to play basically was determined by how cool I thought it was. <laughs> so uh, the, the reason why I chose the violin was because uh, my older brother played it. And then, of course, you know, that's that's what you think. <laughs> so I uh, started with the violin. And then um, I also played the saxophone as well. And the reason why I thought that was cool was because the I heard a saxophone teacher play Pink Panther. And that was just, like, mind-blowing to me. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, of course, the guitar. Uh, it's just overall just a wonderful instrument to play and is probably the coolest instrument to play. <laughs> uh, so it's just, I really, I'm really, I really value the, the other instruments um, that I got to learn. Also, I got to do a bit of the flute as well. And these, this was uh, really valuable because it gave me sort of a really rich experience into different uh, genres and playing in different sorts of ensembles. Uh, and I, yeah, it was just, yeah, so valuable. And um, the guitar for me is really 
just an instrument that is absolutely probably one of the most versatile instruments out there because you can do so many different styles on it um, and it just has so many different tone colors and sounds and you can play sort of melody and um, you know accompaniment and bass and everything you could do everything on it which makes it you know bloody difficult but <laughs> at the same time I feel like there's just so much you can do with it so uh, that's probably why I, I stuck with it the most but um, yeah, I had a really wonderful time playing these other instruments. And I think the, particularly the flute and the saxophone really helped me understand how to phrase uh, melody lines um, yeah, and doing phrasing in general because it's an instrument that is a single line and it requires you to uh, know when, how to breathe with the music as well. So I think that just really helped um, helped how I interpret music on the guitar. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think lots of people that only play guitar maybe as their main instrument and no other instruments, they kind of are limited with the technique. And you know, there's guitar isn't a very easy instrument to play. I mean, no instrument is, they all have their their own specifics. But with the guitar, yeah, the melody lines, things like that, we, we a lot of the times we don't think about it because we have so many other things going on. So if you're limited by the classical guitar technique, it can, yeah, it can just not sound that that well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's a it's a really really important thing to yeah to play other other and know other instruments as well and mm. how they work. Okay, so what kind of repertoire are you most passionate about? Well, it's, <laughs> it's hard to choose, right? Because it's just we have so much good stuff out there. Um, I think. Well, I always got to mention the uh, Johann Sebastian Bach because it's something something about his music that really speaks to me. So I just it, it's um, it's not easy, but it, when you when you get your head around everything, it's very rewarding, I think. And um, yeah, I think also oh, it's hard to choose, choose, but a lot of the listeners probably already know that I really love South American music and um, especially uh, sort of like Astor Piazzolla. Uh, probably one of the main reasons is because, you know, Astor Piazzolla, he really brought sort of uh, jazz music and classical music together to create this new form of tango. So it's like both of my two backgrounds and loves together that I can sort of express. And it's just has so much like passion and drama. And, you know, I just <laughs> I just love that stuff. So, um, yeah. And of course, like um, Sergio Assad, I've been playing a lot of, uh, his music recently. I just, a lot of, uh, contemporary composers have, um, really, really enjoyed getting into that. So also like Kevin Callahan and Bogdanovich and, um, uh, Richard Charlton's an Australian composer. I really love, there's just so many. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, I think at the moment it's sort of, I'm really getting into South American music and like contemporary, um, sort of new pieces and new commissions mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah I know that collaborating with composers is very important to you and there's many pieces our listeners can actually find on Guitar by Masters that were composed by world-renowned composers such as Sergio Assad, Dusan Bogdanovic and Kevin Callahan. let's listen to Stephanie's performance of Fields of Gold Chorale by Dusan Bogdanovic
you are interested in learning this piece, it is available on Guitar by Masters with commentary and coaching points by Dusan Bogdanovich himself. So let's open the next big topic, which is practicing. Uh, I've known you for many years and I've always admired your approach to practice, which we could easily describe as less is more. Can you maybe tell me a little bit about this and how you realize that effective practice doesn't include long hours and that long hours are actually very counterproductive? Yeah, I think um, I, I maybe I wouldn't phrase it as less is more uh, because it sort of sounds like I don't practice. <laughs> like I do practice a lot. Okay. Of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's it's more it's more the quality over quantity. So uh, you've probably heard people say this before, like, oh, I've practiced seven hours today. And I'm like, okay. And then, then you find out later that they've been doing exercises in front of the TV and not really concentrating on what they're doing. And that's sort of, I don't think it's very effective. So my sort of philosophy on practice is really about um, doing lots of short uh, focused um, sessions where I'm really um, paying attention to what I'm doing and um, sort of just, you know, scattering it throughout the day to make sure that I don't um, injure myself and give my head a bit of time to think about what I'm doing. So it's really the quality is, is, is really being very attentive to um, the needs that I need to do uh, with a piece and um, uh, following through on that. Um, rather than just sort of blatantly playing for a few hours and not really doing it properly. Um, and I think it's important for people to be very careful if they do want to practice so many hours in the day because it you have a high risk of, of injury. And I a few years ago, I had this real big problem with my, my left hand. Um, I had a lot of tension in my thumb. And um, working through this really helped me realize this um, to a much higher extent how important it is to to uh, listen to your body and to give yourself time especially because it's such a creative process you need your brain to to think about what's going on really like sleep on it and stuff you know and really um, make everything sometimes it just something just works a couple of days later and you don't know why <laughs> sort of have you ever had that like you um I would be practicing many out like a, a while like many days in a row and then it's just what I just take one day off and then suddenly the day after it just works I'm like excuse me <laughs> like exactly I why didn't it work before you know it's just um it's hard to describe but I think it's just you know yeah you gotta you gotta take care of yourself and um you've got to make sure that when you when you do practice you have really good goals in mind um so it's, you you would be fine like doing so like three or four hours a day if it's really really good quality rather than um tiring yourself out potentially injuring yourself um maybe not even doing good practice if it's like eight hours or nine hours or whatever people say <laughs> you know yeah so and being a classical guitarist i mean just our nails cannot really handle True, seven or right? eight hours of practice right i mean who has these magic nails yeah, can... especially like piazzola or something <laughs> it dies after five minutes exactly like, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah this is a problem but yeah i completely was... agree with you i also i mean i had 
you know, moments during my studies where when I had really lots of time and I could practice a lot. But mm-hmm. whenever I, I did maybe like a seven hour a day session, like I, I mean, not one, not one session, of course, <laughs> but like maybe seven hours throughout the day, yeah. I, I just didn't want to play the next day. And I didn't yeah. because I just didn't want to. So what, what's yeah. the point, basically? You it's know? better to have consistency exactly. rather than um, do, doing something like this. It's exactly. like when I what I tell my students. Um, it's like it's like brushing your teeth you know you're gonna get a much better improvement if it's something that you do even if it's just a little bit like some of my students maybe they don't have time to practice um, a lot in the day because they they have other jobs and whatnot yeah. as long as you have like a just a set time whatever you can handle and you do that every day it's much better than being like I'm gonna practice two hours today and then tomorrow whatever and it's too overwhelming at the end right if you're not if you're not a professional guitarist and you want to practice two hours at a time it's such an overwhelming thought yeah. that you might just not do it just because of that right yeah exactly yeah. You, you gotta you gotta in, enjoy it as yeah. well yeah. <laughs> you know you don't want to be you should never never put the clock on and be like okay um after one hour I'll stop practicing like that's exactly. that's just mind-blowingly insane you really just gotta you know go with the piece and um see what you need to do and um also practicing is not necessarily only just on the guitar I think I learn a lot from listening um and immersing yourself in like even going out and doing watching concerts or doing ensembles or doing just getting involved in the musical community is like it's not strictly, you know, guitar practice, but it's something that really um, gets you absorbed in the world and will improve you as a musician. For sure, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. But do you usually also plan ahead? So maybe you have some goals for the next day or the next week, what you want to achieve with your pieces, or is it more free in that way? Yeah, well, um, the obvious goals would be like, I have this project that has to be done by this time. So <laughs> deadlines. <laughs> and the deadlines are getting shorter and shorter these days. Like it used to, in university, it was like, okay, I have, you know, the end of semester, you know, <laughs> technical exam, right? And then yeah. you're sort of like a bit, but now it's like, okay, in two weeks, I've got this thing and like three weeks, I've got this thing. And then, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. um, in that way, it's 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 much easier to, to plan what you have to do. But what I, I, I a very obvious thing that I, I always do when I have these things is that, I make it like a, a table and I list out all the pieces that I have to do and then the days of the week that are coming up and I make sure that I either write in, no, no, I don't write in the numbers, but like I tick them off if mm-hmm. I've done the piece. So I really keep track of what pieces I've been doing and what might need a bit more attention or something if I've like missed them for a day or two because I don't know, I was focusing on something else. And so it's just a good way to have an overview. Yeah, that's a really think, good idea. Yeah. Cool. And also, uh, how long do you think optimal sessions, or maybe just for you personally, are? How long can you actually practice before yeah. resting? So, um, it really depends on um, how my hands are feeling. So, when, when I had a lot of pain in my hand, I would only do 20-minute sessions. Oh, okay. So, really quite short. Maybe even less if I felt anything in my hand or my arm. So, um, and then I would just do like a bunch of these sessions throughout the day. Cause the, one of the worst things you can do if you do have, um, of course, you know, talk to your doctor or what's best for you, but like, <laughs> it's a, a mistake. A lot of people make is that if you have an injury and, um, you completely, completely, absolutely stop guitar for six months or something, then that that could be worse in the long run because you've lost all the muscles and everything that you need. So when you go back to the guitar, then it's a huge process. So it's like always good to maybe just do even just like a little bit every day, like just like, you know, not even, you know, you've got to listen to your body, of course, but um, 
it's dangerous to completely flat out stop, I think. So for me, these short sessions are really good and now I extend it. It really depends um, what I'm working on and what the piece is and how I'm feeling. It could be like probably 30 minutes to 40 minutes. Um, and then, you know, I, I do like a, a bunch of these sessions throughout the day. So mm-hmm. I don't do it like all in the morning and all in the after- all in the afternoon. Usually all in the evening, really. <laughs> um, I, I like to I like to practice when it's like quiet and still, um, sort of more atmospheric when you're playing like pizzola or something <laughs> as well in the evening. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's really important to. Basically, the takeaway is to to listen to your body and make sure you don't injure yourself and make sure your creative brain actually gets the chance to process it what Mm. it's trying to learn and make sure you pick up your guitar once a day at least and see what happens you know might be five (laughs) minutes might be longer it's just to yeah to keep consistent and if you're a professional or not yeah (laughs) i mean if you're a professional maybe more than five minutes (laughs) obviously you're really going to be struggling with your whatever you're doing Yeah, so. But just yeah, keeping consistent basically is the. Don't sit down and do nine hours in a row and in front of the TV. It's just it's not gonna work out for you. Yeah, probably. it's really counterproductive at the end actually. Yeah, that's true. Cool. Okay, next topic. You've been very active on social media for a few years now and acquired a broad audience consisting of people from all over the globe. In your experience, what kind of advantages and disadvantages does social media exposure bring to classical musicians nowadays? Yeah, I mean, so like social media is, especially like YouTube, has been an amazing way for me to get the exposure that I needed for the career that I have now. It's, it's, and also just like um, being able to get concerts and be able to feel the concerts i mean when if you're going to go to a concert you want to listen to um what the person sounds like so you might google them or whatever so it really helps with the attendance as well it's just um social media has been really great i'm very thankful that i'm able to sort of share my music all over the world and um get so much lovely feedback so yes um it's really great tool really great tool it does bring a lot of pressure (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure everyone sort of heard about these things. It's it's just um, you know, it, it, because you're you're sort of exposing yourself so much, and in a way, it's sort of you're putting yourself out there, and it's a very can be can feel like it's a critical medium. You know, I really hope that when I put something out there, people appreciate it, and um, they enjoy it, and also you know that they respect it. But um. You're always just worried that <laughs> you've done something wrong or you, you should have played it like this or maybe someone doesn't like it or whatever the reason is it's just you, you can get a lot of sort of a bit of anxiety over around that and um yeah it's just something um i think just comes with being a musician as well i think it's just a very i think it makes you a better musician right like it's good to it's good to 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 an extent to be worried about sort of things but there is that side of sort of um, social media can be um, can feel quite judgmental on many different aspects, and um, I ho- I just yeah I just put stuff out there and hope hope you <laughs> like it. <laughs> sort of. And also I think also the negative feedback, constructive negative feedback, it can be actually a really good thing because you can be like oh actually maybe I should 
maybe, I don't know, uh, record myself with a bit of better equipment, or maybe I should think about researching the background of these pieces a bit more, so maybe I understand them better, you know, there's always advantages of that as well, but obviously, I mean, there's also always, you know, negative feedback that is not constructive, (laughs) which, you know, just kind of has to be ignored, but yeah. Um, but yeah, for sure, it has it has mostly advantages because of the whole exposure and building a career and just basically Definitely. reaching global audience, which Definitely. wasn't possible 30 years ago, you know? I know. It yeah. wasn't, yeah. Yeah. Very different world. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so... Like definitely more advantages than disadvantages. You'd yeah, say. yeah. You just you know yeah definitely definitely. Sure. Oh, of course. Yeah, I would I would I wouldn't be here without it. You know. <laughs> cool. Okay, so let's continue with some more music. The next piece we'll be hearing is Tupi Guarani Tales by the legendary Sergio Assad. This piece is a musical narrative of the creation myths among indigenous Guarani people in South America. You can explore this beautiful music and learn how to approach its intricacies with tips and comments from both Sergio and Stephanie.
let's continue with something a bit more personal. Although being a classical musician is a really fulfilling and in a way very privileged career choice, we all know that it isn't all sunshine and rainbows. There's lots of sacrifices, insecurity, rejection involved, and I love how more and more musicians are opening up about the other side of this profession. Anything you would like to share on that matter, maybe in the light of the global pandemic or just in general? Yeah, I mean, well, the pandemic has not been great, <laughs> you know, in general. Um, it's been hard on everyone. But I think the thing that affected me the most was that I wasn't able to get back to Australia and see family and friends for like three years. So it was really, really a long time. So that combined with, you know, losing all my concerts suddenly, it's just sort of like, um, yeah, not great. You had this huge US tour planned for 2020, right? In spring. Yeah, I had this huge solo tour planned. It took ages to like apply for the visa. <laughs> and put everything together and sort that all out and then just suddenly like snap is gone like yeah, the visa was just approved and the visa was the just approved just approved and it's like yeah it's not it's not guaranteed when these these things so it's um a huge shame that um and then i had this other u.s tour with international guitar night that was postponed and then postponed again so hopefully next year <laughs> uh, should be all right again but Lots of insecurity, basically. Base, um, yeah, I think the pandemic has really exposed uh, a lot of things in terms of, um, for for musicians, is is it's it's difficult. Nothing is really guaranteed, and it, it, things can can go away very quickly. And um, yeah, you just have to have to be aware of that. But on, on the flip side, I, the amount of support that I've seen is is been incredible. Like all of, all of my fans online. Um, I, I really appreciate that, particularly the people who support me on Patreon. Um, just they gave me the financial freedom to be able to keep sharing music and um, really inspired me to, to keep doing projects and all sorts of things. And so, yeah, I'm just I'm very thankful um, to them all. Definitely. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's been it's been a difficult few years for everybody. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, but I also think that actually this this time, the pandemic time, you you um, actually spend quite productively doing lots of recordings and, as you said, the starting Patreon, but also just your YouTube recordings, all sorts of things, also online concerts. So I think it was, mm. I mean, you kind of... I did a the... lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. I, did, I, did a, I probably did too much. Like, I don't know. Also. Sometimes I felt like a little overwhelmed, but, you know, in a good way. Um, but yeah, it was... It was uh, yeah, it's been it's been a busy few years. It's definitely um, it's opened up a lot of avenues um, creatively and what you can share online and um, interacting with people and just like collaborating with people. And um, yeah, over the last few years, I did all this stuff with Guitar by Masters, and um, that was an awesome way to, um, to to share my music and promote a learning platform. And it's just yeah, it's it's um. I'm I'm very I'm very fortunate I think um and I'm very thankful for for my for my position I think it hasn't been necessarily easy for for everybody but um luckily through these avenues I've 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 managed to get through okay so. and the US tour is postponed too uh 2023 so next year okay yes stay tuned all yeah. the US fans <laughs> <laughs> yes I have the international guitar night one um January to March 
And then I'm organizing, so September, October, my solo tour. Ah, okay. Pending Perfect. visas that to be approved, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, US uh, <laughs> visa department, please let me in. <laughs> Takes about half a year or so, right? For oh, it can take ages. And then... And it, it's like costs a lot of money as well, you know. It's like a, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge commitment. And then you, you got to have someone to invite you as well. It's like mm. a, it's um, it's a bit of a process, um, definitely. But yeah, I remember being so nervous. I got it approved one week before I was traveling. <gasps> of course, I had to buy all the tickets way in advance. Yeah. But I was so nervous if I'm I'm going to get it on time or not. And I mean, yeah, that's yeah. just the thing you have to kind of take into account. Yeah, it was crazy with like. The year that the pandemic started, and I was supposed to do this tour, I was like probably a few days away from going to book my flights, and I was lucky that I didn't book my flights. Oh my goodness, That's it was true. like really on the border there. But okay, no, oh well. went well. At the end. Went, I mean, went well. I mean, at the very beginning of the pandemic, it was sort of like before you start getting into these projects because you just like everything just stopped. It's like, what do I do with my time? Like, I have so much space. Like, I've got to fill it with something other than like playing Animal Crossing or something, you know, <laughs> that came out at the perfect moment. Um, but yeah, so it really, I think um, it provided, I provided a lot of avenues creatively to do more stuff online, um, which, which I'm thankful about definitely, but it, it it's, yeah, it's been a, a difficult road for everyone, I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But that's great to hear that you managed to find other avenues and mm -hmm. yeah, we're doing that. Okay, and the last question. In a world that is ever digitizing, online learning has slowly becoming a norm. Uh, what do you like or also dislike the most about online learning platforms? Yeah, it's it's really fantastic. I mean, just the idea that you can learn how to play guitar, you know, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what sort of what access you have, um, as long as you have internet, of course. <laughs> um, and you can learn from from big names in the in the guitar world. I think it's just a incredible opportunity, and um, it's really cool with guitar by masters that you can also. It's I find it so interesting that you can sort of really read the music along with your playing and really see um, what these performers are doing with their hands. It's just all of this sort of coordination between all of these different mediums is 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 so beneficial, and the you know just uh, great people to work with and um, yeah so I just think it's a it's really fantastic and way. you've been also working one-on-one -on -one with some students via patreon right yeah yeah I do um on online teaching and patreon that's really good uh that's been going great yeah it's just it was also just really good during the pandemic to you know talk with <laughs> other people about music and and um you know share the music in this way and being able to to teach more because it's it's something I started patreon in the pandemic period um, because I lost all my concerts and I thought it would be a, a good way to, to go ahead. So um, that's, that's, that's been a really great thing that's come out of it, at least. So that's worked really well. And yeah. Cool. Okay. To finish off, here is a few questions by the Guitar by Masters podcast listeners. We always post a question box on our Instagram and Facebook stories a few days ahead of recording this podcast. So stay tuned and your question just might get asked in our next episode. So the first question we got was, what would your advice be to young aspiring classical guitarists who want to establish themselves on the international concert scene? Yeah, I think um, it's important to 
to be patient it's a it's a process so it's not really going to happen overnight and it's um yeah be patient don't be too hard on yourself really uh put yourself out there so get involved in guitar communities go to festivals you don't necessarily have to play competitions but really just get to know people and, and get into the world I think is really valuable and also what's really important these days is to have an online presence it's just it's undeniable yeah you have to have it and so it's really good to start getting used to recording and maybe put some videos up if you're happy with them and that's just a really great way of say if you're going to get into sort of universities and things so that professors can see how you play and yeah so be kind to yourself um yeah play what play what you enjoy make sure you play for yourself I think I think a lot of the time you you, you sort of start to play for other people maybe um or you think you have to do something because someone else is doing or whatever so make sure to play for yourself be true to yourself that sounds really corny <laughs> no but it's completely <laughs> but it's true. true it really is yeah. true um on the long run you won't be able to you know play things that people just expect from you because you just i mean that's just so sad yeah <laughs> just you don't, don't waste do that. Your time doing that and you exactly. just you're not gonna enjoy it you know and it's sort of you gotta, you gotta be inspired yeah. and um yeah get involved and put yourself out there that's really um that's really all you can do and what will work Mm-hmm. And regarding recording yourself, uh, we can also maybe emphasize that you don't need fancy recording equipment for that. No, you could like phone cameras these days are amazing. <laughs> We're literally We're using, using an one phone <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. 4K. Yeah, yeah it, you know, even the microphones on them are pretty good. I mean, you can always just get like a like a Zoom microphone or something as well if you want to, um, you know, vamp it up. There's there's very good um, options out there that you don't have to spend a lot of money on. It's really um, just make sure you have sort of nice light lighting so that, you know, you're not in shadows. And um, uh, yeah, the most important thing is sound and make sure, you, you know, you're not sitting out in the wind or something, you know, it's like <laughs> going on. It's not you can't hear the music. It's that it doesn't really work. So, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, really good, good advice for young, aspiring classical guitarists. Thank you. And the second one. Why do you think women are still less represented in the classical guitar world? And what kind of initiatives you think could support better representation of women? I don't know why they're not represented. Well, like, honestly, it makes no sense that there's not as... There's so many good um, women guitarists out there to choose from. And it's so important to to get more people um, to have this representation, right? Because for the younger generations, I mean, you want someone to look up to, you know? Of course. So the answer to your first question is I don't know. And But it is changing. There are more festivals that are, that are taking note of this, and I really appreciate that. That's really, really fantastic when they do that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and in terms of the uh, the second question, yeah, I mean, for me, what I'm doing at the moment is that I'm my next big project is releasing a CD featuring uh, women composers. So I've commissioned um, a bunch of different works from Clarice Assad, so the daughter of Sergio Assad, and um, there's a composer in Australia called Sally Greenaway. She's fantastic, so I got a piece coming from her. And I'm working with, um, there's a wonderful jazz guitarist in um, Italy, which I toured with, Eleonora Stringo. So she's interested in writing some stuff. And yeah, it's just, I'm really excited about this. It's really a sort of a passion project. Um, So if there's any uh, composers out there that, if you're a woman, you're a composer out there, really write me an email because I'll be interested in what you've got, you know? So 
That's I, a really cool project. Yeah, I think doing things like this is like it's just like a few years ago. I think for our quartet CD, we did um, Clara Sch- Schumann, mm-hmm. and um, I just from this I realized like so many of my CDs only had only had w- one woman composer or something. I'm like, why? Like, I don't know how this happened. You know, like there's so much great stuff out there. Um, so it's really. Yeah, I've, I feel really excited about doing that. <laughs> and regarding Clara Schumann, actually, I just watched a documentary recently about her life, and she was so much more famous than her husband, Robert Schumann, <laughs> at the time when, you know, they were living in. And now it's it's like the opposite. Why is that? I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, she was amazing. She was such an amazing cool. concert player. She she was composing a lot. Obviously, her husband composed more because she yeah. had to take care of she six had, like, children and stuff. She had like a thousand kids exactly. at the same time, and she was running a concert series and like... She was, yeah. But you know, unfair, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Why did she have to take care of six kids all the time? He was their dad, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And Olga Amelkina Vera, we also included in Yes, we did a bunch of um, pieces from her. And we we were just on um, her new album that came out uh, a few months ago. Very recently. um, That was a really cool project to do. She's got some great pieces out there. Yeah. You might have heard of our Nebulae. So that's like... Gotta be one of my favorite quartet pieces. Now. Are we recording some more of her music for like some videos? Let's I'm sure. See. Yeah, probably. Let's right? do it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. <laughs> okay, you heard it. Here. Okay. <laughs> um, and what I also wanted to say is uh, maybe um, you know talking about there's not so many female guitar players in festivals and you know um, I feel that more and more young um, guitarists are females. For example, here in Weimar, in the in the classical guitar department here um, at the university, there's actually more women than men studying yeah. guitar, which is really cool. Also in yeah. Slovenia, where I come from, there's more um, girls learning guitar in music schools than right. boys, you know, at the end. So I really hope this trend will kind of get better or maybe even go into the <laughs> other direction. Maybe. We don't know. Maybe in 20 no, years, you know. It just shows that how important it is to have um, women in festivals because I mean there's so so many of us uh, you know learning in um, at university and you, you need the you, you want to be able to see that you, you can do that too exactly basically. and I felt like when when I was growing up maybe you felt the same way there were there were a few people um, out there which I'm really thankful for like Sharon Isbin and Karen Sharp and it's just so many um, but they but it's just like compared to the amount of um, uh, males that there were out there, men that was just you know a lot a lot more. So um, I just sort of felt like I, I was always like I'm gonna be one of the like the best women um, guitarists in the world. Like you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. when I was like a little kid. And, um, I mean there were so many amazing people out there. They just needed more exposure. You know. So yeah, for sure. Like um, yeah, you, you need that. Yeah. Our quartet is also three women, one man. And Jakub. <laughs> we let him be. He's, then, in, you know. he's in good company, though, so it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever. He's great. Yeah. Yeah, I also wanted to just mention a few years back for my master thesis, I was actually um, researching this and I did interviews with, with some of the prominent um, uh, guitar um, um, female guitarists that are now maybe in their 40s, 50s. And they all kind of told me that when they were younger, it was much more difficult. And now it's getting kind of easier and easier for them. And now, for example, if uh, women apply for, for jobs at universities, they, they're they preferred. That's in, in every yeah. kind of Ausschreibung. I'm not sure if they do that 
for reals at the end yeah you know but but it should be actually they should have some kind of a well they say that if if there's a a, a woman and a man and they're both equally qualified um in every aspect then um they tend to thought not this is not always the case of course but of they, course, yeah. they i saw an ad recently that then they would choose the woman so um mm-hmm. yes i know this is a very controversial topic but you know it's 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 something that you have to try to think of yourself if you're a young girl um and all you see are professors that are men all the time everywhere in every place you just sort of think well oh well then I can't do that either right and so it's just important to sort of bridge this balance um and it's it's not like it's unfair or anything I think I think we need that so it's not um I think it's I think it's a really valuable thing um to do yeah and I think it's also it is going in the right direction and we kind of hope it's going to continue to (laughs) go in the right direction that's really important yeah we all should kind of strive for that and yeah Mm -hmm. I agree Okay, the last question from our listeners. What do you like to do in your free time? No guitar now. Oh, I mean, <laughs> maybe you also play guitar in your free time. Um, well, I, have, I have this really cute little fluffy white Havanese dog and I absolutely adore her. Such a cute dog. So um, we spend a little time together. We go for walks and whatnot. Um, so she's always listening to when I practice, sort of nudging me to play with her instead sometimes, you know. <laughs> We'll insert some photos of Toffee here so yeah. you can all be You in should awe. check out the video because this yes. is a very important part of the podcast where you need to see. <laughs> yes, on YouTube there's videos of Toffee right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I like, I, I, I love going on hikes um, and running as well. And um, yeah, just just enjoying, just relaxing, enjoying media as well. Just watching something on... on um, online or uh what i tried to pick up in the pandemic was watercolor painting but i found out i'm not very good at it (laughs) as much as i try it's i always have so much admiration for visual artists like i i watch these videos of them painting and they just it's just it's remarkable and so i was like i wish i could do that too and it's it's like yeah it's (laughs) It turns out you need a lot of out, like years and hours of practice, just like playing an instrument, obviously. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I have a lot of admiration. I love, I love um, what you see, watch, looking at art and everything as well, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, so getting inspired in your free time as well. Yeah, yeah, getting inspired, <laughs> just relaxing. I, I enjoy cooking as well. Um, nothing like in, I'm not like some like you know Michelin star chef or anything, but it's re- I find it very relaxing um, cooking and baking. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay. Anything else you would like to add? Uh, no, I think I think we covered a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. We saw Toffee as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, just another note. Uh, Toffee is very cute, and you should probably look at the pictures of her because. Yes, and dogs are amazing. The light of my life, yeah. (laughs) We love dogs. It's just how it is. I mean, they're they're amazing. I will just put some extra photos of some other cute dogs, Mm -hmm. and then we can finish. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Steph. I'm really happy we could meet in person for this interview, and I really enjoyed it as well as I'm sure our listeners have. And now a huge thank you to you, our listeners. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you join me in the next one. 
You can find a wide variety of performance videos as well as interactive tutorials by Stephanie on guitarbymasters.com as well as hundreds of other videos and tutorials that will help you bring your guitar playing to the next level. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast as well as our YouTube channel and if you want even more exclusive content, please join our newsletter. I hope you have a lovely week and join us in our next episode.